we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker, and every week, myself and the one and only Miss Simone Roche chew the fat, put the world to rights, and talk about the issues that affecting you, your life, and your career in this still absolutely crazy time. <laughs> How are you faring in Liverpool this week, Miss Roche? Oh, well, well, winter has arrived. Of course. Well, it is August in the northwest, yeah, of course. Yes, it is. It is. Well, this is what happens coming out of, uh, you know, Bank Holiday Monday or Bank Holiday Weekend. This is what happens. The bad weather comes. I think what happened was is just to sort of ease us into to lockdown, they went, you know what, we are going to nail Easter. Easter is going to be <laughs> glorious, tropical. We'll put all the uh, the online summer furniture, clothes, everything online. Literally, we will boost our economy back in April with all the summer stuff. Um, and yeah, now we may as well be planning for Christmas. <laughs> Do you know, it feels like a funny time. And I mean, hello, wake up call. Of course it is. And it's been a really strange time since March when this whole lockdown began. But I think at this moment, as we're you know, heading into September now, the kids are probably, possibly, are they, aren't they going back to school? Are they wearing a mask? Are they not? Are they going to be able to socially distant? Are they not? Are you heading back into the office? Are you not? We're at this time of real flux now. And I think people are going to have to start making decisions that felt a million miles away back in March. And now suddenly they're on our doorstep, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's strange, I think, the way you know, the kids kids going back to school this week. In fact, some went back last week. Uh, mm. I know they, they do in Scotland go back earlier, but I did see quite a lot of uh, people on our, our feed, on our friendly going uh, back in new, the new uniform pictures you always get those that fe- doesn't that feel like such a long time ago it really does we saw that uh, you know the kids in in uniform and and my sam how they've grown i don't know if your girls grown well i've seen them 24 hours a day for the last six months so I, <laughs> I, you know to me they look exactly the same apart from a bit more feral i don't think any of them have got properly dressed <laughs> for the last six months but i know when i've shared pictures with family they've said oh they've shot up oh my gosh they're enormous and you you know, it's it's been such a strange time. They have my girls haven't gone back to school yet. They're oh, due course, to go back yeah. on the sixth of August because they start school very early here in the states. But actually going back onto campus, I believe, just after Labor Day, which is um, just in a week, so September eighth. They're slated to go in. If you'd asked me a couple of months ago, do I want my children to go back into school? I would have said no. I don't feel safe. I don't feel secure. I don't think it's the right thing. I've had a real shift in my attitude over the last month or so. And I thought, do you know what? We will take every precaution that we can. I trust the school to take every precaution that they can. But for their own mental health and mm. for mine, 
They need to get back in that classroom. They're not learning. They've got no social interaction. And I'm losing my mind. So I wonder how other parents are feeling about it, whether there's that same feeling of, do you know what? The time is right. Or or do you still absolutely adamantly believe your children should not go back to school? I'd really like to hear. Do get in touch with us. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Or of course, Simone, always tweet. We love a tweet at North Power Women. Absolutely. And actually, uh, last week we put out a poll um, which was with schools already going back. Yeah. Who is going back to the office? And we did this on the back of a BBC, BBC uh, a report last week um, looking at which organisations, um, as particularly the big, the big organisations, which were going back. And I think one of the reports was not one of them was going to go back to the way that they had worked before yeah. as in having that expectation for everyone to be in the office so it's 50 that, yeah 50 mm. of the biggest employers in the UK have said they've got no plans to return all staff some companies like Facebook are looking at July 2021 yeah yeah I've seen that and we did the poll and we asked just the questions you know are you going back not at the moment already back and probably next year. Hmm. So the already back was 30%. Wow. Um, yeah, I thought that. But actually, if you think of probably, you know, sort of um, that was only sort of within a few hours of the poll going out. That was very much a lot of smaller businesses. So a lot of yeah, SMEs yeah. Um, like ourselves, you yes. know, you know, we've been we've been back in for five weeks or so now. So, yeah, not of the, not the moment. So that was 32%. And then probably next year was 36 Seven point two percent. So it'll be interesting to see how that that sort of fares over the next day or so in that. But and equally, you know, you wonder whether that probably next year or not at the moment could almost be combined. And that's you know mm. that's seventy percent right there not going back into the office. So it's that, but that impacts on the schooling then, doesn't it? So it impacts on everything, mm. everything, doesn't it? You're right. And you're right to differentiate between big business and small business because a lot of big businesses are saying they've got the flexibility in the sheer scale of office to implement social distancing. If you're a little firm, four or five people in a single office, how on earth do you social distance? Mm. You can't. However, if you are somebody who's aware that a lot of your workers are having to sit on the end of their bed or prop themselves up against the kitchen counter to do their work because everyone's not lucky enough to have a dedicated space they can sit and put a laptop and call in, of course, that you're going to have to come up with some solutions. But what about the city centre cafe who suddenly doesn't have any customers? What about those little businesses that are around that are being massively impacted by the people that that aren't in town? City centres, we know are really struggling already. It's, it's As soon as you start to look at one of the situations and the impact that that has, you see how it just ripples out, don't you, across the whole of the country? Yeah, it is a real, real, real domino effect, isn't it? You know, that, that sandwich shop, sushi bar, whatever yeah. it is, you know, they just going to be missing out. You know, I, I had a conversation today with one of our big partners that we work with. And I said, oh, they have, uh, I think, 800 colleagues in their city centre office. And I said, oh, how many are you in? Because I was like, you're in an office because you could see the the strip lighting behind on the call. And she's like, yeah, that there's, um, oh, I think there's quite a few today. There's 20. And I was like, wow, 20 Gosh. of you in. And that is over two floors, you know, so yeah. that's a, it's, it is a big space. So just, I think it is just 
really interesting. But then the conversation was, my goodness, it's the first time I've been out of trainers. <laughs> so it was... Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. But do you know what? You know, we um, Last week, I think it was the end of last week, we had that one last day of summer. Um, and I always I always say this with tongue in cheek, and I can feel your eyes rolling, go, I'm melting in Arizona. <laughs> but we, we, we did have this one day uh, last week, and I had, a, I had the kind of 8 a.m. call. I got up, I did my yoga, I baked uh, soda bread. No, I didn't, but I did do my yoga. And I, thought, you. Right, yeah. it, I know, check me. Um, I did that and I thought, right, I'll run into the office and, you know, after, straight after my yoga and, you know, obviously cleaned. Um, and I suddenly thought, you know what? I, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to rush in because it's a beautiful day and I'm going to work from home. I'm going to work because I can keep the doors open because yeah. we've had these terrible storms here and stuff. And it was it was wonderful because it's just great to have that fresh air. And, but that is the first time I've done that um, for, what, five weeks? Because I've been in the That's office every single day. And so it seemed like I've, a choice to stay at home. That's interesting. Oh yeah. yeah, it did. And it, it, I felt a little bit like I got the washing on, you know, which, of course, we were doing all that flexibility. So it's really weird to come back mm. into this environment. And, you know, of course, we, we're a really flexible, you know, way we work anyway. But it was a, it was really weird because um northern power man had um uh, had, had an appointment that he had to go to so it was just me on my own as well so that was the first time being home on my own so it was but what i'd forgotten about was i forgot how easily my laptop melts under the hot sun that goes onto the boat so <laughs> halfway through a zoom call the end then they suddenly realized everything had overheated i still carried on chatting <laughs> <laughs> People are being very not quiet and not responding today. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's interesting, Simone, you know, half of my life used to be working in a studio environment when I was at the BBC, BBC Radio 5 Live and, and Radio Manchester. And then I would also spend half the time really at home where I would, you know, run my business from my basement, essentially. Since moving to the States, I have worked 99.9% exclusively from home, apart from the odd meeting I've nipped out to. And the last six months have been so hard because everyone else has been in my workspace, I suppose, if you like. But what I found is, I don't know about you, but here in the States, a lot of people were saying, oh, isn't it great to be at home? I love working from home. I hate, you know, I hated the commute. And then again, over the last month or so, people have started to say, I just think we need to get back to the office. I think we need to get back. It's no good for mental health. We need to be around people. And there does seem to have been that shift. And again, we started saying this six months ago. I think the new normal is, as we kept talking about, is not going to be what we first expected. But there is still a lot of... A lot of people talking about the fact, well, wait a minute, if I don't have to work in that city centre anymore, I don't need to live in that really expensive suburb and pay a fortune on season tickets on the train. I can live out in the country and go in once or twice a week. So I think there is still going to take, I think there is going to be a massive shift, but we don't quite know what that shift is yet. Do you agree? I absolutely agree. And I think the only thing I, I actually would disagree with is I don't think I've spoken to anybody that misses commuting wow yeah different commute here in the desert though isn't it to be fair (laughs) big open highways (laughs) yeah and and i think i do think that is um explicitly train commuting um, or public transport commuting as opposed to driving although but yeah there is not one person that has said to me it's been you know i've missed sitting 
in that railway station waiting for that delayed train or, oh, or you know man, I used yeah. to quite like the, the the West Coast mainline train it was it was not a bad journey up and down you got your space you could set out your work camp and, and crack on but I, I have to say I'm I'm mm. absolutely with that I miss I miss all of the other I miss that interaction with the person that you might see at the the M&S at the train station other brands available um, or that person you may see in the you know the queue for your coffee or whatever that may be yeah. but I absolutely do not miss um, sort of sitting on the standing actually who am I kidding standing on those trains also I don't think any of us can imagine how you could socially distance on those overpacked commuter trains so I don't know how they're going to get the balance right mm. as people go back in because I think people will feel unsafe if, if they mm. if they look like they did uh, last year and one well, previous years awful you talked a lot there about what you don't miss I wonder what you do miss. And I'm asking you this because do you, do you miss friends? Have you missed friendships? Because I saw, I don't want to get too down and depressing, but I saw a pretty depressing report from an evolutionary psychologist called Professor Robin Dunbar. And he was talking about the fact that the way we are set up you know, as a species and how our evolution has shaped us as a species and those friendship models that we have. He said that friendships can deteriorate really quickly if you don't invest in them. He reckons it takes about three months for for an even solid friendship to kind of fall apart. And with lockdown, um, he was saying short-term friendships and even long-term friendships could fall by the wayside. Yeah, I, I miss people. You know what I miss? I miss the selfies. And I know that sounds ridiculous and I'm not, you know, I miss because it was a really great way to capture these fabulous people that I'd captured, mm. you know, you, you'd had a moment in time with or a catch up with or whatever. I, I really miss that. And we did have this week, we had Claire Edington um, in the office. Now, Claire, for a year and a half, um, religiously wrote a weekly NPW self-curious blog and she messaged me uh, last week to say, I'm coming up from St Albans uh, to visit my goddaughter in Crosby. Can I say hi? Can we do a socially distanced coffee or whatever? And I went, absolutely. She was up here, early train in the office for just after 8am, got the pastries in. She's been isolating uh, alone. She goes, I've been a northerner in the south. Can you imagine? And I was thinking, gosh, you know, there's <laughs> that. The, the, and, and it was, you could almost tell. It was great for me. It was brilliant because we, I don't know, even though we haven't had a summer holiday or, or whatever, I feel like there has been a bit of a summer period. We haven't had any webinar series. Uh, we concluded our power circle. So we haven't, I've been having lots of one-to-one meetings, but not those gathering ones. You know, where there's that sense of... Yeah in it together camaraderie we're here for you check on the checkers like we talked talk yes. last week but Claire in the office this week it was did a selfie so I was very excited and a proper one too like really awkward looking one which I always like um, <laughs> and it, it, but it was we talked about you know we did an interview which we're, we'll be releasing in um, we're going to release in like bite-sized chunks but absolutely the impact on various parts of your mental health over all this yeah. and, and particularly exactly that touch we did the elbow bump you know what I mean you know that yeah. was this uh, and there is absolutely that if you're a hugger 
it's I think it's tough. I think it's tough. I think you miss that smile, that genuine eye, glint in the eye that you can't see see on a um on a virtual call. You can't see it. You know who's listening and who's not, who's interested and who's worried and who's anxious. You can't always sense that. And I think I miss interfering in in that. We need a bit of positivity going on, don't we? And I have got just the token for you in the form of not just Claire Talbot-Jones, a brilliant entrepreneur, but her clan as well. <laughs> the Talbot-Jones Massive. And do you know what? Uh, the Talbot-Jones Massive, Claire and her family, from day one of lockdown where we did a Twitter chat in what should have been the awards, they, uh, Young Eva, she wrote a, a poem. Um, they created like a little um, rap. They would come on the Twitter chat. They took it over one week. And it was funny. I, I messaged her to say, oh, we're going to include you on the life lessons. Have you got a picture of the family? And I suddenly, she's like, oh my God, we haven't, and we literally haven't spoken in about three or four weeks when we were checking in every week. Every one of our mm. winning Wednesday, Wednesday night, six o'clock drop-ins, she'd be there. She'd be there with the family, you know? And it's it's funny, like you say about friendships. They just, you get back into a different norm or whatever. So this week, I'm thrilled that we've got Claire and the Talbot Jones Massive on. And it's, I think it's a tonic and I think it's the tonic that we need this week. Here we go. Here's our life lessons. Hello, we are the Mini Apprentices. My name is Eva. And I'm Alex. We're from Talbot Jones Limited, a chartered insurance broker specialising in third sector and professional risks. Today we're interviewing our mum, Claire Talbot Jones. Tell us about an important role model in your life. Hi. Well, I admire people who's attitude really inspires me so loads of people inspire me for example my great friend Sophie Milliken from SRS she really inspires me with her determination and Laura Middleton of what about this her agility is really amazing and Nicola Little of Mint Business Club has really amazing energy and what they all share I think is an outward looking collaborative supportive approach that I find really motivating encouraging and inspiring but the people who most inspire me are you two and your dad um, you have wonderfully big dreams kind hearts and hopeful spirits that I guess keep me aspiring hard and striving never to be the one who teaches you to be any different lovely what piece of advice has really stuck with you well the night before we launched our business we received an email from gary grant and he's the ceo of the entertainer you know that chain of toy shops and his piece of advice was do the right thing now that's very simple and it's also very subjective but uh, we've really found that keeping that in mind means that Although we've had to make some uncomfortable and difficult and I guess sometimes excruciating decisions, um, we've always been able to sleep really well at night. So yes, that is um, one piece of advice that's really stuck with me. That's very interesting. I've got you another question. When have you faced imposter syndrome and what did you do about it? 
four years ago, I was still working as a childminder and I just left a career as a teacher, which followed, um, well, it ended with uh, a bout of mental ill health and stress and burnout. So uh, I still go through periods of feeling like I really don't deserve what I've achieved or belong in the insurance and risk management industries. But those feelings happen when I look at other people and see their amazing skills, which I admire very much. But when I stop taking my own skills, skills that often come quite naturally to me for granted, uh, then I can appreciate my own skills too. And valuing your own skill set is my number one tip in guarding against imposter syndrome. I'll try to remember. Tell us about a time you have had to be resilient. Okay, so I love, 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 love risk. In common language, risk means to expose to danger, but that really ignores the amazing opportunities that well-managed risks can bring. I love helping people consider the risks they face and then work out strategies to manage them. And I think it's that mindset that has given me the flexibility and confidence in recent years that when I meet challenges, I aim to go beyond resilience or bouncing back. And instead, I I strive for a state of anti-fragility, which is where we can learn, grow and develop from challenges so we can be made stronger by them. And this makes me a lot less scared of things going wrong. Awesome! What difference did having a mentor make to you? Well, I've never actually had a formal mentor. I do have a close group of business peers who I find invaluable and I think that they provide a lot of the same functions as a mentor. So they inspire me and they motivate me and they hold me accountable. They show me different ways of doing things. They offer different perspectives. And I guess, importantly, they they encourage me to articulate important things that I often can avoid confronting. I really should have a mentor though. Every business person I really admire and respect espouses the importance of having mentors. So. I suppose I'd better get finding one, eh? My brother and I have really enjoyed this talk. Thank you for letting us interview you. Interview you. you are our Northern Power Woman. Thank you so much to the brilliant Claire Tolbert-Jones and, of course, her two fantastic children there as well, helping out for this week's Life Lessons. We need to I... watch our job. We need to watch well, our I job know. on this now, I think. So. I'm frankly happy for them to take over, to be honest. <laughs> um, I love what she said in there about risk, about thinking risk as something that's going to get you into trouble and to rewrite that and say, no, don't think of it as exposing you to danger. Think of it as exposing you to opportunity. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Claire. We'd love your life lessons as well, of course. So please do get in touch. Just say, I want to share my life lessons. Tweet us at North Power Women. Email podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. And guess what? We'll tell you exactly what to do. And it is dead easy. Now, look, before we disappear off into the sunrise and the sunset, because we're in different parts of the world, what's been to do about you were telling me, well, you were teasing me earlier on saying you're one of three types of person during COVID. What's that about? 
So I was on a on a call today, and someone was saying, "Oh, I, they lost twenty two pounds," and then someone else was saying, "Well, I put twenty two pounds on." Yeah, yeah. And someone says, "Ah, well, the reason for this is you're either one of three types of people over COVID: you're a chunk, you're a hunk, or you're a drunk." <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm a drunky chunk, uh, or a chunky drunk. <laughs> I think it's a poll. I think we put it out on another poll because I'm really keen to know what are you. Which which chunk hunk or drunk are you? Or all of the above? Yeah, that's quite frightening. That's too close to home for me. <laughs> Brilliant. Simone, thank you so very much indeed. Get yourself out into that, I was about to say, lovely August bank holiday day, but yeah, it's not good. Uh, we will instead, of course, be here for you this time next week here on the Northern Power Women podcast because the next episode is on the way, unbelievably, on Monday, September the 7th. Until then, have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening. I'm Sam Walker and the Northern Power Women podcast is a What Goes On Media production. Listener.